I love Prospect Gardens. Prospect Gardens should not exist. I mean, there's just no logical reason to have this beautiful flower garden in the heart of a modern campus. It's very irrational. It is the garden of a private home built in 1850. It's a private estate, and the garden survives, the home survives. And there have been many proposals over the years. For example, the proposal in 1940 to put Firestone Library on top of the flower garden. It's a great place to build a building. But I think it says a lot about the character of Princeton that we've decided irrationally, sentimentally, beautifully to keep this garden there at the heart of campus. And it's such a retreat and it's such a shelter and it's such a little enclave for everybody to get away from the pressures of Princeton and have a place to enjoy nature and enjoy beauty. It's a terrific place. Yeah, this was a cornfield. Um, and there's some really old pictures, older than what they have inside. Um, but the beds were basically empty every year, so we changed it four times. In the springtime, we had tulips, then we had summer flowers, and then we had fall flowers, and then the rest of the winter, it stayed empty. There was nothing. So then a few years ago, somebody decided, well, we want to have it to have four-season interest. It's neither here nor there. I don't find boxwood giving me... I don't find that that gives me any winter interest. I, I think the backdrop of the hemlocks is enough winter interest in, in this area. So, but I mean, so that's changed. So now there's not, there's not really very much room for bulbs. We used to put 10,000 tulips and daffodils and hyacinths here every year. And now there's maybe, about the last five years, we put maybe 3,000. So from 10,000 to three. John Wisniewski and ground supervisor. And then and in, uh, and in control of the greenhouse mm -hmm. down there. And I'm Robert Stout, uh, planner for Campus Grounds. We're starting to, if you will, selective edit some of that structure out and bring back in some of those flower displays and garden displays that you'll have. So time of year, you'll have the tulips coming in, and then you have mums in the fall, you know, and I don't know what your summer flowers are. You're better. You, well, just John knows all the horticulture. Flowers. Yeah, exactly. And then when first opened, someone decided that we needed this patio, whatever you want to call it. I, we used to have just... Uh, 3 8 stone, blue stone, kind of more of a rural look, sort of what you have with the redstone there. That was all on the front. So they decided we needed this, I don't know, two industrial, it's more, more like an airport uh, runway for my, for my taste. See, my daughter was married in the Prospect Gardens on the other side. Um, and uh, then we had a sort of dinner dance in the garden room there and well, I've been to a wedding where the guy who was getting married was a member of the band, and the entire Princeton band came and played in the garden for the people who were in the, the wheel outside afterwards. So it's a great space for that for that kind of thing. Like in the summer, like I said, it was shut down. Maybe a special occasion, you'd have somebody would have a wedding, mm. um, but it was it was a rare thing. So we stopped the weddings eventually because. In the garden area, the weddings are up above now, because mm -hmm. people would put chairs in the garden on Saturday afternoon, and they would stay until sometime Monday, and that was kind of unfair to the students because my thing was always the gardens were paid for by the university. I care less about what's going on in there. Yeah, follow me. And I didn't think it was fair if somebody came to take pictures on a Sunday that they had to look at you know 75 lawn chairs. 
So we, we won that battle. Prospect Gardens is a completely different kind of place than Firestone Plaza. I, I actually didn't even know it was there at all until the tail end of my freshman year when a friend um, a friend said, you know, I just found this really beautiful place I want to show it to you. And we went there and we just felt like we were in this secret garden. And, um, you know, not that many people really occupy Prospect Gardens, but we really felt like, wow, we go to this school where you know, there's such attention to having a, a really beautiful, quiet space. And we, we, we'd go there to sketch or just to, you know, read quietly. At least as long, long as I can remember, pros, Prospect Gardens looked just the way it does now. And this was the home of Princeton presidents until Bob Goheen in 1960-something or 70-something moved out and it became this faculty club. At that time, they cantilevered that modern dining room off it and everything, but the garden is still the same. And, uh, and people come, it's a tourist attraction. People come to it, and it's designer, if it isn't Beatrix or Brand, it's somebody like that. And, and uh, also there's, there's all, there, there, there are trees. There's every kind of redwood and stuff that, you know, the trees exotic to our terrain that, that's there. And uh, it's a famous place. The shapes were the same. It's supposed to be the Princeton seal, but I'm not exactly sure that's accurate. I think that's just <laughs> something somebody made up on the, on the key, key club tour type thing. Of course, it's particularly nice um, when viewed from the uh, garden room in Prospect, the restaurant. It was such a nice view, and it's only really from that perspective you can really see that it's the, um, the insignia of the university, is the shape of the garden. I love the fact that it's an annual garden and they keep replanting it. You know, for me, what and uh, I have seen groups there. I've seen the Princeton Band there on several occasions. Um, although, uh, and, and since I eat frequently in the garden room, for me, it's a transit area because it's such a convenient way to get across that part of the campus. And then when you're when you're eating in the restaurant, it's fun to see who's walking back and and forth. The design from that book, you'll see this. The center is two, so this is where the Princeton seal thing gets shot mm -hmm. right out the window. The it's the bed goes right through the middle, so you actually had four sections. Fountain wasn't here. It went right through the middle. So this was a little pie shape, the other side, and then the other two big ones. And then they didn't really have a whole lot of flowers in the beds. They had these giant urns, and they put flowers in the urns. Have you liked working here for so long and with this garden? Or? Yeah. This is it's what more. it is. I, I don't. I don't feel as strongly to this garden as I used to. Like I said, there's a lot of the changes. I don't. You know. And I understand changes are changes and stuff. And it's a lot easier for me now than it ever was. Probably my most special memory in Prospect Garden happened in 1998. I was there for my 15th reunion, and I brought my two little girls and my mother with me. And along came a fairy, a real fairy, and sat down beside us at the fountain. She had on a long, flowy skirt and long, flowy hair and jangling bracelets. And I still have her card. Her name was Maria Danu, fairy priestess. And her card says she played the Celtic harp and told fairy tales, did parties and rituals, initiations and rites of passage, 
and wizard staffs and fairy wands. She had gone to Princeton and had done her thesis on something relating to fairies. Thank you for listening to A Sense of Where You Are. We realize that this podcast is not comprehensive. There are so many other voices to hear and stories to tell. We're going to keep looking and listening for them, and we hope you do too.